Hey, do you enjoy Geeks of Grimdark? Do you wish we produced more Warhammer content? Well, check out our ongoing series with this week's sponsor, Shooting the Shit with Chippa. Axel and I have a reoccurring series with host Chris Shipman, where we introduce him to 40k factions, one at a time. And once you're all caught up with that, check out all the rest of his amazing interviews on your favorite podcasting site today. Welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good nerdy in this The Darkest Timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Somehow the Walter Cronkite voice combined with The Darkest Timeline really works on a level I can't quite express. Well, there is something really fun about the way I get to hit that particular part of the intro. I get to, like, pause and then do, like, a quick through those words. It's fun to do. I'm blanking. What was the catchphrase, not the catchphrase, but the phrase that he had you signed out with? I have no idea. I didn't even realize that that was the voice I was doing until you pointed it out. So, anyways, this is Lord Commander Ark. Yeah. Anyway, how you doing, Ark? Uh, I hurt my back, and I'm going through the fun steps that involve hurting your back while on the clock. I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, joys of being over thirty in physical labor. Yeah, I I don't have anything particularly interesting to share. I'm just very tired right now. Hey, man, Waxel is uh, waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot that guy. I'm just saying. So... You think bullets will stop him? I'm pretty sure being part walrus does not make you bulletproof. So but what's the other part? Uh, me? I think that's how clones work. So Maybe. Or maybe, like I said, improvement of base design. You never know. Improvement, sure. So... I mean, he's already a walrus. I feel like that's an improvement over the human form. Ow. Ow. I guess you're insulting yourself there, so, alright. They can swim for miles and have giant wieners. They don't have opposable thumbs, so... I didn't say it was a total improvement. And And also, they don't actually actually have giant genitals relative to their body size, if I remember correctly. Well, yes, but then there's whales, and that's a whole other scenario. Anyway, this is not a conversation that I really want to have here, so before we get into our actual conversation i believe we have a patron sound off that in a buckler it is my job to do correct yes all right well these patrons people who actually send us you know some money to do what we do and the least we could do is say their names because they're fucking awesome they are pam galley marquis chris chipman river galley krug arthur crane kevin vay brennan agu john vinnels kit kenny seth decker donald lucy patrick anderson carson amell scott rubin derek takate and peter cook if you'd like to have your name added to that list, uh, also known as joining the illustrious Legion, you can just head on over to our Patreon, Geeks with Shields, a dollar a month. We tend to put out four or more things a month, so that's 25 cents or less per episode. It goes a long way towards helping us. Anyway, topic for today. Go ahead, Ulrich. <laughs> we talked about this if this was overly fertile ground, and we ultimately decided we didn't care. But we're going to talk about Punisher again. Yeah, I have no idea how long this conversation will go, but this is a buckler, so it might be quick. Who knows? But <laughs> Yeah, and if, if not, we'll alter the name and it'll still be the same opening. Point is, Punisher, Punisher matters in regards to us, especially because it's the very first episode we ever did. Yeah, that, that is a weird through line. We keep coming back to Punisher. And neither one of us point, are particularly big Punisher fans. It's just that we happen to start doing this when the Netflix Punisher show 
it came out or maybe it was season two came out i don't know but so <laughs> it was yeah it was it was i yeah it had to be the first it was the first season yeah because we never talked about the second season because we abandoned that format very quickly well not to mention i got about halfway through the second season and i got kind of bored of it but interesting yeah anyways this all came up because i'm rewatching uh season two of daredevil where punisher first appears which is awesome and it kind of, it no that it is awesome and there's going to be a whole well there may be a future episode in regards to that I have thoughts anyways uh when I was watching it's like this is really good and it kind of going back and got me thinking about Punisher it's like I like Punisher in the abstract in that he is a great very interesting character that does not have a lot of good runs in the comics is very complicated as a character. And very and difficult to get right. Very difficult to get right. And then I remembered how Marvel, I don't want to say screwed the pooch, but are you familiar with the latest iteration of the Punisher? The latest one? The one they're running in the comics right now? No, I, I think we've. T I think you've mentioned it before, but go ahead. For those who don't know, the Punisher, they changed his logo because they were tired of fighting cops for it, which is weird that the most litigious company in the world is going to let that one slide. But now he is a former assassin for the hand, and he uses swords, not guns. I hate that. I hate that yeah. so much. I mean, I'm sure it could go good from there, but it just... So what, they made him, they made him Damian Wayne, essentially? <laughs> oh, fuck, you're right, yeah. That's... I hate that so much. So. And it got me to thinking, especially as I was watching Daredevil going, you know what? Punisher's a great character, but I don't think he fits in Marvel. And I want to be, be clear before we get into this, because Ulrich told me this idea before we start talking. I think he does fit in Marvel for a very specific reason because of how he doesn't fit, oddly enough. I've so, been going back and forth, so this is going to be an interesting discussion. Cause yeah, I, so I, I think well, I think ahead. there is an argument to be made, and I'm pretty sure Ulrich is going to make it. It's just that I honestly believe that the arguments for why he doesn't fit are actually why, when he's done right, he does fit. And we'll talk about that in detail after. You know, go ahead. Yeah, so this is my two separate trains of thought on the one hand a gun toting villain because i'm not going to mince words the punisher is a villain the only reason we consider him an anti-hero is because we well anti-heroes the whole thing but no this is what i say about the punisher the punisher is a villain whose motives you understand and feel compelled to root for that doesn't make them good well hold on then we got to really pause for a sec because i know there's another conversation you want to have about anti-heroes but to call punisher straight out and out a villain begs the question of what makes something a villain. Like, what does that terminology really mean? Because, like, I'm not saying this is the answer. He does bad things. But I... I mean, I, this is in comics. In the Marvel comics, the straight-up thing is, this is a person with superpowers or heightened abilities that does bad things. The Punisher I takes... Do, I very much disagree with that definition of villain, but... Go ahead. Well, let's just go with that. This is where I'm coming from. That's my general... I'll do mine we're in do a, a second. whole episode on antiheroes once I can coalesce that into a thought. Okay, you go ahead. But the Punisher, to me, cannot... Is not a good guy, because despite whatever good things he does, he still goes into public areas, makes them war zones, breaks rules of engagement, and doesn't... And, 
cares about collateral damage to one degree or another as much as an armed gunman in a public space can. Mm-hmm. And in the grand scheme of our superhero things of that is more the actions of a bad guy that does things we like, kind of like how we feel about Doom. It's like Doom runs a good country and is genuinely liked by his people, but he's also a totalitarian madman who also kills dissenters. Is he an anti-hero? All right, so we're going to have this little mini conversation. The difference between villain, hero, and anti-hero, first of all, is largely one of perspective. So, like, to answer your question about whether Doom is a hero, a villain, or an anti-hero comes down entirely to the perspective of which you are looking at him from. By what you just said, his people consider him a hero. A wider population of the planet considers him a villain. And the distinction comes down to the impact his actions have and the motivations for his actions. So, for instance, a villain is not just someone who does bad things because basically the definition of an anti-hero would be someone who does bad things that have good effects and good motivations. A villain is someone who has uh, morally bankrupt motivations in some way and who does things that actively cause uh, widespread harm or negative impact or effects on the people around them. So even understandable villains like Mr. Freeze have a, while they have a motivation that is understandable, it's a, it's still a morally bankrupt one because he's basically completely selfish to him and this other person and completely disregarding all of the lives he crushes on his way. Someone like the Punisher, for instance, doesn't actually have a morally bankrupt motivation because his motivation is in some ways... It's revenge. Yes, but... It goes beyond that because he also wants to punish the wicked, stop the wicked from doing what they're currently doing, from hurting other people, from causing other things like that to happen to him. So his motivation is aimed in such a way as to cause good impact on innocence, on people that are not related to him. It makes He's an antihero because he does bad things in service to a good impact. So, anyway, I more and more do not believe in the idea of anti-heroes in the terms of the big two. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but anyway, so my, my point there is that, like, that's why I wouldn't call him a villain, because he's not doing, like, extremely bad, selfish actions that are causing mass damage to people around him for selfish reasons. He might do bad things that cause collateral exactly damage. That. Yeah, he might do bad things that cause collateral damage, but he has, at least from the perspective of the stories that do him right, a good impact and a solid moral center. So, The moral center is wavery. But anyways, I am I, of the mind that, no, Punisher falls in the villain scale, because, again, I'm more and more moving away from the idea of anti-heroes as a bad writing trope for the big two. Not going to talk about the other ones, because in their gray rules there's all sorts of cool interesting things but anyways back to the central thesis what was my central thesis what your central say? thesis is that he does not belong in i know that but i had that and i'm gonna jump over to why he does and then maybe that'll spur remembering me why he does he does belong in because i love his little appearance in civil war where he stops cap from recruiting supervillains to his team granted through killing them and then cap beats the living shit out of him but he won't fight back because cap is his hero because cap represents 
everything Punisher can't be. And that's a great moment because it snaps Cap back and it realizes it makes him realize what he is doing in order to propagate this war and how it goes against who he is and how he is viewed. It's this great little moment. And it's this great kind of moral balance of on one, if we're looking at, you know, the superheroes, we have Captain America on one end of the spectrum and Punisher on the other. It's a great narrative, you know, back and forth sliding scale. It's really interesting. But here's the other one. And this one is a kind of a whole other conversation. I don't know how I feel about Spider-Man's New York City and all the supervillains and stuff also being inhabited by child sex traffickers. And Spider-Man isn't doing that every single day instead of stopping the rhino. It's a cognitive dissonance that's like, okay, you have great stories, but you shouldn't be in the same universe as the Vulture, you know? Okay. Like, that kind of popped into my head. Like, I love if Punisher is just running around doing Punisher stuff and we get to play in that moral greatness. Great. That's an interesting story. The minute I have to think that Spider-Man stopped a mugging but didn't stop the horrible meth lab down the street and Punisher did, I kind of go, wait a second. And it, it, it just, it shatters the illusion that is Marvel Comics, you know? I, in a way guess that I haven't it, been able to wrap my brain around. It's, it's like, funny because that doesn't shatter my illusion at all. In fact, it fits in very well with my interpretation of how those two characters operate within New York City. I mean, a basic, this is not the whole explanation, but a basic tenet of like what you're describing is that Spider-Man generally and almost exclusively deals with issues that have a, for lack of a better term, obvious visible impact. He goes swinging around, mostly in the day, sometimes at night, and deals with things that are pretty much visible from his vantage point. The number of times where Spider-Man goes down investigative holes are very limited and basically only come down when there's some greater, larger-than-life thing happening, like Kingpin is an example, or any other number of supervillains. But generally, Spider-Man is just not a character that goes down investigative holes to look at specific crime rings. He goes after, for lack of a better term, flashy centers that things are revolve around, whereas Frank Castle operates much more like a detective. Hell, that's why even Daredevil fits in in the same setting as Spider-Man and Punisher because he's basically a bridge between these two ideas yes. that he deals with flashy stuff and also will deal with investigative stuff because he's a lawyer. But Spider-Man doesn't really do investigative stuff. So it doesn't actually create distance to me at all that he wouldn't probably even really be aware of things like sex trafficking rings or drug trafficking rings. If he sees something like that happening while on a swinging, he'll stop it. But he's not really the, I'm going to spend months tracking down the center of the... I'm sure there's probably some stories in Amazing Spider-Man where he does that. But for the most part, that's not his MO. So I, I'm sure they have. But like the minute this kind of popped into my head, it's like, there's a joke or a skit to be written about Spider-Man sitting in a bar or stopping mid-fight with Vulture going, you know what, man? Fuck it. You know what I learned today? I learned there was a meth kitchen that killed 12 kids. What the fuck are we doing here today? And why aren't we doing that? Why am I fighting some costume freak while girls are being, you know, transported from Russia? Why the fuck is Tony Stark building suits of armor when we have an AIDS epidemic? And then you spin off into the whole horrible 80s, 90s, grim comic of it all. And this also is kind of the realm that Watchmen exists in. 
And that's where Punisher sits. It's like Punisher has one foot in both camps, and I can't really shake the idea of they should they should 100% be hunting down Frank Castle for being a murdering psychopath, but they should also be going, holy fuck, how is there this much horrible crime happening, and why is that our focus instead of the radioactive dude who's robbing a bank to cure can to you know finance his cancer? There are literally a couple of reasons for that that pop in my head immediately, like. So first of all, that to me is a perfect example of why Frank Castle does belong. Because the fact that the big, flashy superheroes are not dealing with things like that is exactly why Frank Castle exists. Because someone does have to deal with things like that. And the person who does deal with things like that is going to be, by the very nature of the work they do, like Frank Castle. Secondly, another reason why, generally speaking, uh, superheroes like Spider-Man or whatever would be dealing more with, like, radioactive villains or things like Doc Ock instead of things that, like, like a drug trafficking ring, simply put, they're the ones capable of doing it. Whereas a regular cop and a regular police station has the capability of going down a drug trafficking or child trafficking ring and dealing with it, they do not have the capability, straight up, of dealing with something like Doc Ock or the Lizard or whatnot. So, of but course... the fact that Frank Castle is constantly doing this and, you know, operating outside the law is kind of going, yeah, and the cops are ineffective to stop this very basic thing, therefore it is up to this gun-toting vigilante to do it. Yeah, so that's, that's, that falls back to the first I thing I said. Someone shots. has like, to be doing it. If Frank Castle's not there doing it, someone's going to be doing it. But the alternative is, and I talk about this as Slagathor, and I hadn't realized, like, in my mind, the most basic crime committed in Marvel, Marvel Comics is petty theft. That is the worst shit that happens, because if I start considering all of the other horrible shit, and I make, you know, Marvel's New York our New York, then all of a sudden, all the stupid adventures are really dumb and really petty compared to the bigger shit. And you end up in the Batman scenario of we're asking... Wait a second, if Batman's so smart, why is Gotham a shithole? Oh my god, except... Okay, but the Batman no, question... you make Batman capable of fighting godlike beings? He's so smart he can be godlike beings? You don't get to hide behind real-world economics anymore. Except that's literally kind of the point there. That even though we have literally hundreds of examples of Bruce Wayne using Bruce Wayne abilities to fight things like systemic poverty, and yet he's still a drop in the bucket. The idea that no matter how powerful this kind of person is, societal issues are not at the whims of even these massive... One of the best Superman stories ever involves Superman trying to take on world hunger and then getting stopped because one of the countries he goes to to try to deliver food sees him as a foreign interloper, attacks him, poisoning the food because they're using chemical weapons on him, thus drawing the whole thing moot, and Superman realizing at the end, well, I can't just intervene and save everything. Instead, I have to be a symbol which other people can use to improve their lives through inspiration. It's one of the best fucking Superman stories, and it illustrates exactly what you're talking about in a yeah. positive way. See, and that's good. And that's like, oh, that worked. But again, it's, it's a cognitive dissonance that's constantly going on in my head it's like do what do we lose because i understand but let's let's ask the question if punisher goes and becomes an imprint and we treat it like the punisher tv series where punisher is just on his own being frank castle with no real interactions with other marvel characters 
What do we lose and what do we gain? One of the main things we lose without Frank Castle is that he is literally, in some ways, a bar by which the other Marvel characters exist. And this there are certain true. and there are certain characters within universes like that that are, for lack of a term, fulcrums around which the rest of the medium circles superman is the original fulcrum every superhero in existence period is in some way a modification a subversion a commentary a uh, offshoot of superman in some way he is the original project zero frank castle in his own way in marvel a a universe that's largely based off essentially treating superheroes like something like less like greek the greek gods that DC tends to treat them like, and more like just regular fucked up people. Frank Castle is the epitome of this idea of just a regular dude who doesn't have powers, who doesn't deal with these like super big ideas, who doesn't even have the super money that the other uh, company's guy with not no powers deals with, who is more of a direct example of what like a bad cop could be. He's also essentially a literal manifestation of the 80s and 90s action character, but yeah. how they exist within something like the Marvel Universe. So thus, yeah. he becomes the standard by which other heroes are compared when it comes to things like the realism and darkness that you were describing. Yeah, no, I like I said, I can see both lines. Like, I really, like, when Punisher kind of pops in in a comic and a run that's not Punisher... It's really good. It's like, oh, we're getting some fun stuff. The conversation Daredevil and him have in, you know, the Daredevil show is a fucking incredible mirror that, you know, shows this is Matt's line. Here's what, here's what I would they do. They try and repeat it with Elektra, but it doesn't work as well. You really do need Frank. Or like in the Captain American Civil War, you need Frank to go, I am the line. You cannot cross me. You have to be better than me. And here's what I would say. The only the only ground I really feel like I would give in what you're saying is that the is that Frank Castle doesn't need to be the Punisher. I think Frank Castle has a very strong important role within Marvel's existence. He can do that all without being a named flashy kind of character. He does not need the name the Punisher. He does not need the costume that makes him the Punisher. Frank Castle is a character who's very presence which is basically what the punisher season one on netflix did is we're not gonna have him in the suit until the very end now maybe that's a pretty bad trope that was going on superhero shows in the first place but besides that the point is that frank castle functions the way he's meant to without the trappings of superhero dumb yeah no like i said i 100 percent get this but the whole thought experiment was i was sitting there thinking like man basically every time and moon knight well, Moon Knight also kind of falls into this category, but it doesn't make me feel as bad. But anytime I read a comic set in New York, I'm like, oh, great, they saved the day. Didn't stop any of the sex trafficking or the drug trading or the forced prostitution or the other horrible shit. I'm like, oh, you know, this, this, I don't like, and this is a whole other conversation we'll have. How realistic should your comic world be? And I kind of realized, like, I want my comic world to be better than my real world. Because this is still a fun, silly book for kids. And if being better than my world, the bar is set at there's no child, there's no rape, there's no child sex trafficking, there's no human trafficking, you get drugs and whatnot, but that is the bar, and that's my escapism. 
Because it's it's the whole central premise of Watchmen to call well, it going, well, hold this on. is dumb. That means that on, on paper, anyway, you should definitely be more of a DC fan. There's a reason, a very specific reason, why DC uses fictional cities and Marvel uses real cities. Yeah. And it's exactly what you're talking about. The point of DC, at least in a, a grand thematic, not the only one, but one of the points of it, is that they are cities on a hill in a large way like everything about them the setting is literally metropolis is is not a real place but it's an idealized version of what new york is gotham is not chicago but it is a magnified version of what chicago is yeah. right so like that's how dc treats it but but marvel specifically being the first setting to set like comics largely in a real place new york being part of the point of doing that was to give you the reader the feeling that the adventures you're seeing could be happening in your real world in the real thing that is happening so the the nature of the escapism is different yeah but i get that by tony being an alcoholic and you know matt having catholic guilt and spider-man being poor and again terrible things but the bar is that much higher than my real world one. And that's where I keep going back and forth is like, this is a world with literal gods. We shouldn't need Frank Castle. Yeah, but you could easily argue, and I'm not saying I'm making this argument, but I'm saying as a, a debate tactic, as it were, that you could argue the same thing with the reverse reason in that if Punisher didn't exist, I wouldn't put it past people to be having a conversation like this where they're like, Who's dealing with these problems? Yeah, Spider-Man's not dealing with these problems. Captain America's not dealing with these problems. So who's dealing with it? Whereas Frank Castle existing there is literally like, yeah, Frank Castle's dealing with it. Is that, well, he's not because we know how much it is. And yeah, but at least he's... Of, at least we, that's where we're seeing those things exist. And in a I, setting... I and in a setting that's supposed because... to be... Yeah, and in a setting that's supposed to be nominally the real world, you're not going to get away from those questions. Like, you would get someone asking those questions, and having at least some characters trying to address those questions gives, actually enhances the idea, the feeling of the realness of the world. Yes, it's perfectly valid to then be like, how come certain superheroes aren't dealing with super some super issues? But I would say the same thing's true in the real world, where you could be like, hey, this person is fighting for this particular cause, like, I don't know... Uh, women's rights or something, but how come they're not devoting their time to all these other causes? Well, because they only have time to do the one fight they can do, what they yeah, are qualified that's, to do. That's, that's, uh, that's a false equivalency because no, it's I'm, I, okay. asking why an activist isn't doing something versus why Jeff Bezos isn't doing something. Sure, but I'm saying that there's a concept of like, I only have so much energy of what I can do and what I can devote myself to and I have to devote myself to the fight that I am most equipped to devote myself to and spider-man for example what i was trying to say earlier is a superhero with you know super strength super reflexes all this stuff who can travel through the city at this extreme pace it is the best use of his abilities to have him patrolling dealing with things that he can deal with that other heroes can't deal with and yeah. not spending all his time investigating stuff that he's not necessarily qualified to deal with no, 100% agree. And that's kind of the other problem. And this is where I've kind of started taking issues with Marvel lately is there's no cap for their characters. No like, cap? Tony Stark just keeps getting more ungodly smarter and more powerful. Same with Mr. Fantastic. Okay, I, I... Yeah, you're it's not like, wrong there. The fact that Iron Man... into magic territory and <laughs> do that 
it just like I have to look all the way down at Frank Castle and going, what's your excuse now? Yeah, Iron Man, I mean, created a suit that literally created an entire alternate dimension that he was the god of. So it... Exactly. And again, <laughs> that's where the distance really starts to break. It's like, okay, listen, if you're doing this shit, I don't want to hear why Doctor Strange can't snap his finger and solve some of these very basic human issues or why we even need to address it. Now, the flip side of that is, Moon Knight is right in this as the protector of those who travel by night. I will argue, though, that my point of bringing up the Superman story earlier is that comics are so big and so varied that at some point they usually do address that question. And the answer comes down to, despite my all-powerful, like, seeming abilities, I can't solve this problem for one reason or another. Which even I, I try. I personal taste, but I hate that. Because, again, when you start fighting literal cosmic entities and beings basic human shit doesn't hold water for me anymore and i I would argue the inverse i i think it's harder to uh to get invested or hold water with the giant cosmic stuff and it's far easier to hold water with the down personal stuff well yeah but it's which way do you want to go because if you're asking me to buy the cosmic shit i'm like okay this is a magic fantasy world i can disconnect if you're doing the human stuff, I'm like, okay, I have to address this. Because this whole kind of conversation is the central thesis of Watchmen of superheroes are stupid in the real world because they're just violent thugs. Yes, but I would argue that Dr. Manhattan fits into that universe for that very reason. I mean, he's a particular commentary on Captain Adam, but the general idea of the Superman, so. Yeah, so that's that whole thing. But then it kind of, again, it kind of circles back to Punisher And again, circling back to this whole thing of, I like Punisher in my comics, but in the grand scheme, would a Punisher imprint better serve the character? Because then, well, I don't, then you don't have to try and force him into the margins because making him a hand hitman is 100% trying like, okay, Punisher sales are down. How can we fit him in Daredevil? Yeah, I fucking hate the hand hitman thing completely, mostly because it feels like it completely misses the point of how... Punisher being a cop or a soldier who then gets pushed to the edge through some really dark event and then basically is like, all right, I don't have powers, but I have the ability to kill criminals is a big part of what's kind of going... Once you make him be a trained super ninja, it's that takes away from the oh, my cop down the street could become Punisher under certain circumstances, which is actually a similar thing going on to the whole, I mean, comparing to Spider-Man, why we don't make Spider-Man destined to become Spider-Man accidental Spider-Bite makes it feel like you, the reader, could be... Same deal, where with Punisher, it's supposed to feel like even more so, oh, anybody in the real world pushed to the right place could become the Punisher. Oh, that's... And then Punisher kind of gets muddled in there, but I don't know. Like I was saying, it fixes the other problem of Punisher should never interact with any of the superheroes. And I highly disagree. I was literally thinking before you said that one of the advantages of having a character like him is that once you put him in a scene with these other characters, that moral difference is what reaffirms yes, both of their moral that's, stances. That's, that's great, and I love that. But at the same time, there is no reason Cap shouldn't curb stomp uh, Punisher. Yes, I will agree that there are certain heroes who should be treating Punisher as straight up a villain and arresting them. I'm yeah, I'm fine with that, that. That's the majority of them, except for a handful, which is again. But to me, and, that is the kind of thing that you, as a writer, need to grapple with. Now, I will acknowledge that a lot of times they just skim over it and don't yep. offer an explanation, and I will accept that that's stupid. But 
I feel like that's not a reason not to have him. That's just a reason to be a better writer. <laughs> yeah, and that's, again, where it kind of sparked this all. I'm like, would it just be better if we took all of this pre-established burden off the Punisher and said, hey, go over here, tell your story. You don't have to be a good guy. You don't have to be a bad guy. You can just be a guy that does really questionable shit, and we're not asking why you exist in the same world as the Fantastic Four. I mean, I would argue that... I'm not arguing one way or the other. I'm just saying that's one side of the argument. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just saying that... Don't be free and be free of all this stuff. On the other hand, I'm saying that even if you do... a lot of the great stuff. But I'm saying that even if you do do that, you now leave a vacuum for very obviously what that requirement almost is within a universe like Marvel. Now, I acknowledge that... Let me ask you this. Because if we're talking about, if you, you've raised this question for the world, how does the thing take a shit? Have they ever established it? Does anyone actually care? Okay, go on. Because just because we've established this is a real world doesn't mean we need to address all the real world nitty gritty details. We can have this be our world without ever addressing, yeah, there's a whole horrible underclass of terrible shit happening. We're not going to talk about that because that's not why you're reading these books. Okay, but that same... Oh, I feel really... Sorry, the, the way that you're bringing these up and then the way my brain is fun- attaching them makes me feel like I'm using debate tactics on you and I'm not trying to do that at all because I don't I don't want to have I'm try- that. I'm not trying to take a side in this. I'm, again, I'm trying to get both sides of this. And I get because... that. I'm definitely taking a side because to me, uh, despite not being a Punisher fan, I think Punisher fills a vital role within Marvel's universe. It's, uh, it's not even that. Peek behind the scenes... Axel and I have what I call Bull Moose ment- uh, <laughs> mentality. Not always. Not always, but we both, and this isn't just with us, this is with people in general. If you've interacted with us in the Discord, it happens. And it takes conscious effort for us to go, no, this doesn't have to be a debate. This can just be a general discussion. I don't have to be. Yeah, which is why I'm literally saying I'm trying to keep myself from like reacting instinctively with debate tactics. I just want to have this conversation. And that's why I came into this one. I'm going to argue both sides because I don't have a set side on this. Like, again, I go back and forth. And again, like I talked about, if I have this critique, what about Moon Knight? Because Moon Knight, half the stories in Moon Knight being batshit crazy and he might or may or may not be who he thinks he is. The other half is him stopping really dark, horrible shit from happening that is 100% grounded in the real world. And I love that. At the risk... At- Moon Knight also exists off on his own thing, except when they throw him on teams and then he just stands in the background because no one knows what to do with Moon Knight. At risk of using an, um, I think it's called like an ad extreme fallacy, which I'm not trying to do, but again, this isn't a fucking debate. At, um, at the risk of that, the argument that you have made in regards to that side of things, the remove Punisher, feels like it would be the same argument to say that almost none of these characters belong in a shared universe because there are so many of them fit into vastly different aspects you brought up dr strange dr strange deals with things so far beyond anything cap iron man or spider-man deal with that it's almost ridiculous to have him in the same universe in the same way it's ridiculous to have any of those characters in the same universe as a punisher so if this is an escapism thing and the whole point of crossovers is 
narrative fertile ground for stories to have i mean a big part of the reason why we like superhero stories is just is the characters literally that is the whole reason at the end of the day everything else is just garnish it's the characters these are well-written characters and we want to see well-written characters interact with each other so part of that whole the same argument you made where it's like all right well i don't have to engage with this concept when i'm reading this story uh, is also the same reason you can do that when any of these crossovers happen yeah, no, there's definitely that. But again, it's like Doctor Strange occupies yet another magic separate realm from my own in the same way that Cap and the X-Men, they all kind of do their own separate things. Yeah, that's what but, I'm saying, though, is that that argument would fall into that category of this is an argument for why none of them should share a universe. Yeah, and I got a better kind of argument, well, not argument, but point towards why Punisher needs to be in this and it's very simply of he allows the writers to tell a certain type of story that you can't tell otherwise. Yeah. In the same way that when we go over to the X-Men, we really get to play around with prejudice and all of the very obvious things that X-Men was created. Well, that's kind of what I was what I was about to get to earlier when I was like, even if you take Punisher out, you're leaving a hole that will be filled by something and someone. <laughs> Yeah, and then the question kind of becomes is like, well, does that mean Moon Knight needs to become the new Punisher? It's like, no, because the same problem exists. He's just a good guy, but he's still dealing with a lot of the same nasty, horrible stuff that the Punisher is. And again, more the bigger problem is like if you start pulling out, well, you don't want to have this in your universe. That's just sad. And where do you stop pulling out pieces like, well, this is also sad. So we're going to pull this and now we're going to pull this and now we're going to pull this. Yeah, so at the end of the day, I feel like at that point you get to, at the end of the day, these are fantasy stories meant to serve as uh, entertainment. And I'm not using entertainment disparagingly. I believe entertainment can fill many things, including uh, enlightenment or, you know, inspiration. Like, entertainment is a much broader term than I, I don't think it's a disparaging term. But because no. they're entertainment, you have to engage with them on a certain level of premises that they want you to engage with them. It's the reason why not to... I was about to say not to poke fun, but I kind of hate cinema sins. Uh, I'm sure the people behind it are probably great people. I don't know. I just think that the concept of what it did to nitpicky internet people and validating them is really fucking annoying. So don't make me push the button. <laughs> anyway, if I push the button, we won't have a podcast anymore. Yeah, yeah. My point was simply that there are certain levels of openness that you have to be willing to engage with when you're engaging with a work of fiction. Now, I admit, I've said many times in the past, it is not my job to turn my brain off. It is the piece's job to turn my brain off, if that's what it wants to do, or to put my brain wherever it wants my brain to be. But you have to be receptive, at least at the beginning, to putting your brain wherever the thing wants you to put it, if that makes any sense. And ultimately, I... I still don't know where I come down. Because, again, there's a lot I like about The Punisher and a lot of great character beats that come from The Punisher. But, and again, we'll probably talk about this when we do our episode on how realistic does your comics, you know, really need to be. Yeah. Because there are dumb things that I never think about. Like, again, the whole how does a thing take a shit? Nobody really cares. It doesn't really affect the story. I don't ever think about it when I'm watching or, you know, reading a Fantastic Four comic. So That's why I'm wondering... Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, is there really a, a correct, or not correct, a proper Punisher analog in Detective Comics? 
because Batman doesn't work despite also being a regular dude. His whole moral uh, ideology is completely different, and the place where he comes from is completely different, so he doesn't work. And none of the Justice League fit at all. Uh, I don't know, like Deathstroke, uncertain stories, but again, Deathstroke is straight up a villain, so he's basically more the literalization of what you're saying. And he's I an assassin. They, I thought they did the. He's actually an anti-hero bit. Deathstroke. Yeah. Uh, a couple times, but he's still more than often straight up a villain. So. Well, yeah, because again, we're not getting into the. Yeah, I mean, I so mean, if you want to okay. find your uh, separate analog, separate any of the Elseworld Batmans. Yeah, those well, are all Punisher analogs. I'm saying separate from what your opinion or my opinion, what the story is trying to sell you as. Uh, Deathstroke is rarely an antihero; is still straight up a villain. Whereas you know, Punisher, despite the debate we could have about whether or not he is or one, is still sold as a hero. Um, but that, that's kind of what I mean, though. When I was getting to it, is does DC Universe proper have a proper analog? And if it doesn't, what does that mean for its universe? And I was trying to think about that. And one thing it tells me personally is that the DC Universe, despite having darkness in it. Because there are some things, there's a whole story about Dr. Light being a rapist, which I think was a terrible idea, but whatever, it exists. Generally speaking, the DC Universe does not feel as dark as <laughs> as the Marvel Universe, even though we have areas where that's not... Etrigan, one of the coolest characters who doesn't get enough uh, uh, talking about, is, you know, many dark stories. But it, doesn't f it still feels like a less dark setting than Marvel setting because of the difference in characters like the Punisher. Yeah, and ultimately, I think we're kind of coming up against what is the ultimate criticism, and a lot of people are going to have their responses to. But just bear with me. It's not that deep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, there are pockets of depth, but overall, I will this say... is a series of very colorful images designed to market to children that every once in a while... They let someone get really deep and out there, but at okay. the end of the day, let's it's change still a series. Let's change terminology then, because you're not wrong at all. But I think what's great about having a shared universe like that is it's not deepness, it's breadth. The fact that yes. you can have shallow pools and deep pockets, and they exist in the same body of water, and that breadth is very much feeds into the hey. What kind of story are you looking for? Go yeah, find I was about out. to say, like, if you're sitting there going, why isn't Spider-Man doing all these things Punisher is? The answer is real simple. Because he's not. Stop asking. You're only ruining it for yourself. Yeah. Even more so than that, it's if you're asking that question, go read Punisher comics. They're answering the question that you're asking. So if you want that answer, go read Watchmen. Watchmen tells you exactly why Spider-Man shouldn't start murking people. Yes, but my point is that the the, re the way the universe functions is that if you want a story that's going to engage with the concepts of drug trafficking and child trafficking and stuff like that, hey, we've got the Punisher for you. On the other hand, if you don't want to engage with those principles, if you want escapism that basically gives you a situation where they don't... Uh, you don't think about that. Well, here are these other comics. And if instead you want to engage with the idea of what happens when these two kinds of worlds combine, especially when you've got characters who don't even realize there are these dark underbellies that are then basically faced with it, well, we've got stories for that too. That's breadth. That includes some depth, some shallowness, but it's breadth. Also, last things last that will always amuse me is Punisher is a very deep, complex, morally nebulous character. 
Sometimes. First, <laughs> yeah, there's also Frankenstein. He gets some weirdness in there, too. So there's all that. But he was first introduced in a Spider-Man comic as a villain of the week. Yep. I mean, that's a lot of heroes, actually, where I just found out recently that Hawkeye was originally a villain. Yeah. Back in ye olden days. But no, and I just think about that. Like, he showed up to kill Spider-Man, which is a whole other argument. But it's like, and this is the guy we're sitting here going, but... What about Captain America? Why isn't Captain America's Secret Avengers helping, you know, Frank Castle stop all these horrible things? And it's like, yeah, the guy that showed up in go-go boots with a big white skull painted on his chest. Maybe he's not supposed to be taken that seriously. This is still, in fact, a comic. That makes him not that different from Craven. now that I think about it. Ooh, Craven's his own other complex Yeah, but anyway, so, yeah, I would say that my answer to the the question at the end of the day is it comes down to that it doesn't break my immersion at all. If it does break your immersion, then it feels like you're reading the wrong stories. Or at least you're not, you're not reading the stories that are most tailored to what your particular mental process is. Oh, no. I think it's more what it's one of those things, again, like in my real life, of I know it's there and I can glance over at it. But if I stare at it, it breaks my brain. Yeah, but that happened. Sorry, my I just immediately went to the first time someone pointed out that there is not a bathroom in Skyrim anywhere. And it's like, well, that's true. And I didn't realize it. And now I can't stop thinking about it at times. So, so it's one of those things where it's like, well. Mine are way more grim. But yeah, it's little things like that. It's uh, It's not staring into the void. I, I know it's there, but I don't stare into it. Yeah, well, because that's what I'm saying is that these pieces of media there is a certain level of here is where we want you to engage with us if you have fun engaging on extra levels great wonderful if they cause you problems and you're basically forgetting that it's still just a piece of entertainment it's a little difficult to to validate (laughs) to justify i'll just say this there is a reason there are so many short-lived canceled runs of the punisher because nobody knows what to do with that character in this setting. I mean, I'll, I'll agree with and it, that. And it doesn't sell too well, because it's like, okay, how many times can we have him shoot up a room of gangsters before we start asking the questions of, why are there so many gangsters? We well, you know funny? Another thing about it, the question is not a parallel to the Punisher, really, but he ain't that far off, so... Yeah, but the see, the question, at least as I know him... You kind of get the fun sprinkles on there that helps you ignore the more problematic stuff. Well, he's a noir character. He's literally, you're reading yeah. old noir stories. So It's like, yeah, he's investigating, you know, human experimentation of super soldiers. But he also thinks the Girl Scouts are out to take over the world. So yeah. it's, the, it's the Deadpool thing. It's like really dark, but there's kind of a sprinkling of silly dumb shit over the top. So you're like, oh, okay, this isn't that bad. Yeah, that's that's fair. Did you know that there's a villain in DC that's basically evil Spider-Man? I'm not surprised. There's characters in Marvel that's the evil Justice League. Yeah, I just think it's funny because I didn't know it until I watched Young Justice and he shows up voiced by Josh Keaton who voiced Spider-Man in the spectacular Spider-Man. So that's just hilarious to me. So, is it like, Wait, are his powers the same even? Yeah, he just wears a black suit but he makes webs and he... he you know, goes around buildings and stuff. But he's and a bad guy. Gave him a black suit. Okay. Yeah, because he's more like a he's like a ninja assassin. He's like I think he's a hand assassin. So I can get that, but also I don't know. Like it is interesting that 
when you try and make Spider-Man. Black Spider. Of... Sorry, his name is Black Spider. Oh God, they really they didn't even try. Yeah, I don't think they're again. They're not. They're not trying to be. It's just more like, hey, look at. The, I'll, I'll even send you a picture real quick. Although this looks like a suit in this picture isn't black. It's more like purple. But uh, here you go. That way you can comment on it in in here. Yeah, that's that's uh, Spider-Man's stealth outfit, right down to the symbol. Yeah, but yeah, he's called he's called Black Spider. He's a member of the League of Shadows, and in that show, he's voiced by Josh Keaton, and it's it's pretty great. So that's its own thing. Like, why does the idea of Spider-Man as a villain just it it doesn't work? Well, it works in this context, but he's not like a main well, villain. He's just a I fun mean, dude for scenes. <laughs> there's countless versions of evil Superman and evil Batman, evil Wonder Woman. But there's like a handful of characters you just go, no. Well, because... Evil Cap, just like, no. Hydra Cap was dumb and we all hated it, so no. Well, again, because morally flipping your character, you're supposed to be commenting or saying something about the human condition that the original character is itself a commentary or something on. That's the point of every deconstruction of Superman in some way, but that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Have we done an evil suit? We need to do an evil Batman, because evil Batman is more interesting than evil Superman. I mean, there is one particularly famous evil Batman right now in the comics, anyway, which is the Batman oh, who a, laughs. So. Oh, I thought we were going to with Owlman. Oh, oh, Owlman is awesome. I fucking love Owlman, but that's a whole... The Batman who laughs is really popular right now, but, uh, yeah, Owlman doesn't get enough attention, so... No, we, we did our Superman episode, and we talked about how uh, Super kind of cracked the evil Superman formula, and we don't need to do it anymore. They've done it. It's... It's good. We, we, we did it. Here it is. Here's your example. Well, the, the point we had there was it can't just be evil Superman. You need to be doing yeah. something more than that because you're not saying anything new with, oh, Superman, but evil. <laughs> well, it also asks the interesting question. Because that's, well, that's why Red Sun was so interesting because it's like, this is not just Superman and evil. This is Superman, but Russian I, communists. I have so. some serious issues with Red Sun. There are issues with it. I'm just saying that it's like, at least an interesting idea. And anyway. that's, my, that's my Superman hot take. Red Sun sucks. That's fine. I'm just saying that it's at least a compelling idea that's beyond just evil Superman. Yes, it, it is. And that's we're not doing Red Sun right now. No. <laughs> and we have gone way off trails. We're supposed to be talking about the Punisher, but okay. This I is think a full episode now. This has become a full episode because we're I, in the I'm 50... I'm this as a full episode. Yeah, we're in a 51-minute mark now. So Let's... We don't have concluding thoughts. Our concluding thoughts is what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm really curious what the feedback on this is, because I don't have really a side. I didn't. Care. I came into this without real side, because again, I can sit on both sides and go, "Well, that makes a good point." Well, there's that as well. And I, I definitely do have a side, but I would be to- I would totally be interested in, first of all, what someone's opinions on the question itself, whether the question has merit, and how they feel about the question of the Punisher. Let's be more general. What is the Punisher's role? in marvel universe and what can we do with it or what can be done with it and if you reference marvel knights or marvel max you are proving my point that the punisher deserves his own imprint all right now because we basically turned this into a full episode to a certain degree do you have a suggestion of the week because i do i i do okay go for it my suggestion of the week is a little game called mountain blade Bannerlord. Oh, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Mount and Blade is a franchise of games that involves, in some ways, pretty realistic combat. I mean, not like super realistic, but just compared to most video games, realistic combat, usually medieval or something like that. And it's it's directionally based and blocking's important. 
Yeah, I played I played the Mountain Blade uh, Warband, which was the one that took place in Scandinavia, where you basically start off as one Viking, and your goal is to build up an army so you can just go on raids and stuff. But the point is, there's a bunch of Mountain Blade games. Yes, there is. Uh, this is the newest one, and it's kind of like that, in that you pick your kind of starting culture, and they cherry-picked the most popular ones. Mm-hmm. You've got an in, you've got an early Dark Ages England stand-in. You've got a early Celtic Iron Age Dark Age stand-in. You've got a Viking Rust stand-in. You've got a Byzantine stand-in. You've got a Mongolian stand-in, and you have a Turkish Middle East stand-in. Okay. And each, yeah, they, and it's all this one big, you know, giant map, and everyone's fighting, and you build up your war band, and you join clans, and I love it, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Like I've had this game a week, and I've sunk sixty hours in. I think. Nice. Um, but I hate it because this is one of those games of you're going to YouTube to figure out how to play it Fair because cool. the tutorial isn't there. But even if you don't know, it doesn't punish you for not knowing. You just kind of you're not playing as good, and then you go and you learn something like oh. Okay, and now I know that. The most fun thing, the big selling point, is it's very much a sandbox RPG-style game. Yeah. And that's the initial draw. But the big sell is the big epic battles. I will say say one of the issues I had with Mountain Blade Warband was that it feels like very difficult to get your momentum going. Because you start off as one guy with, like, no money... And you gotta, like, hire people to be in your army, and they're really shitty at first, so I couldn't, like get starting momentum so this game is it's it's fixed that the early game is pretty good it it has an incline problem of the early game is good the middle game is better and then the late game it's really kind of struggling because well they don't really have an end game yet okay but anyways the big draw is as you build up your little retinue and you go and you fight about with a thousand people you are leading your own personal retinue of 500 dudes and you see those 500 dudes and you command those 500 dudes as you charge into mosh pits of enemies and everyone's equipped differently and you're equipped differently and you get to see a little heraldry and it's just you're playing one of those games where as you're fighting you're leaning in forward like you are physically in it and you're kind of moving in your seat to dodge the blows hmm. okay <laughs> i don't know what well, manifest to me thing because Again, I'm doing that. I'm riding on horseback and I'm swinging my sword and I'm just unconsciously leaning to one side or the other as I'm swinging <laughs> because I'm so immersed in it. Like, oh, fuck. Ah, ah shit. Hey, motherfucker. Again, really simple game. Full, mm-hmm. full title again? Uh, Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord. Okay. Uh, again, really fun game. I highly recommend it. I just maybe start the YouTube guide before you get in. It'll make it so much easier. All right. So, I was going to suggest, um, actually, a YouTube game show that I've been obsessed with for the last two days, but while we were talking, I did a quick little reading. It turns out that one of the co-creators of Young Justice, Greg Weissman, was a co-creator of the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon, one of, if not the best Spider-Man cartoons in existence that was canceled when Disney acquired Marvel because they wanted to shoot their own Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. So... If you look at that in timeline, that means Greg Weissman was co-creator of Spectacular Spider-Man, Disney acquired Marvel, canceled his show, he went over to their competitors, and then co-created Young Justice, and then made a character with the same voice actor that was a reference to his show that got canceled by their competitor. That's kind of wonderful. I 
do love the weird, wacky history of Marvel DC creators bouncing back and forth and then, you know, kind of dunking on the competition. Yeah, because from what I've read, in the actual DC Universe, there are three characters with the alias of Black Spider, but this character in Young Justice is not like any of them. This character, none of them are actually like Spider-Man, but this character is like Spider-Man. So now I will change my suggestion to either Spectacular Spider-Man or Young Justice. They're both amazing. <laughs> there you go. There's two serious time things for you folks. All right. Uh, I mean, okay. So thank you all for listening. We only meant to talk for like 20 minutes and this turned into an hour because we have very strong opinions on the Punisher, despite neither one of us being a particularly big Punisher fan. So We need to retire that. We are Punisher fans. We just don't read his comics. Yeah, I guess so. I'm a big fan of his character because he's kind of a an amalgamation of like all characters like that. So it's an easy focus point he's interesting his comics just aren't that good and hey if there are some good punisher comics we should be reading let us know yeah i have a hard time reading comics in general but if i get a good recommendation from people i trust which tend to be you guys listening then i try to follow up with it so thank you for listening be sure to like share subscribe do all those things as a content creator i'm supposed to ask you because the internet is fucking stupid and the way this all works is very difficult but you know we have some ambitions we want to grow and we love that you guys are here on this journey with us and if you share things and we grow more then we all benefit together together (laughs) yes anyways if you're listening to us you're listening to us on one of the multitude of podcast hosting sites but if we are not on your preferred site, shoot us a line say, hey, I think you should be on monkeyjank.com. They are my favorite podcast site. We'll look into it. And depending on the bar entry, we'll be on monkeyjank.com. Assuming monkeyjank.com isn't, you know, a virus hosting site, which is what it sounds like. So It does. I, I'm, just, I'm just grabbing random words. And monkey is always on my mind. Well, as always, this has been Axel Wright. And his show brother, Lord Commander Art. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable. <laughs>